What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor. Uh, and 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 I guess a bit more, a bit more. A touch of uh, honesty, yeah. Honesty. <laughs> honesty, raw, authentic honesty as well. Yeah, yeah, the truth that we have had to keep down for the past three years. Um, um, yeah. I guess, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. You know, I mm. think the last podcast and the last couple of days have been a bit of a whirlwind for, for us, right? Because, mm. I mean, if, if you're just joining us for the first time ever, maybe you read one of the articles, but... Uh, we are finally like sharing the story of that mythical TV show that we made three years ago called She's a Terrorist and I Love Her um, with, with a lot of uh, great help from Tech in Asia and Rice Media who covered the story in detail mm. about how mm. we got screwed over by the network hook uh, which no longer exists because they liquidated mm. um, how there still was a shit ton of money and how we are showing the show on our YouTube channel on our own yeah. terms. Yeah, and, and sort of trying to close a chapter on our own terms, like right, and not not yeah. waiting for the powers that be to to give us the tell us that okay, now it's time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and also to to not let the story die, la. Um, because like um, the the articles that covered it, they did go into detail about what happened, and it is something that uh, I think it's hopefully people can read it, they can take away something from it. If you're running your own business, if you're in the space, or even if you've you might be like uh, susceptible to corporate BS, right? That gives you a lot of info. Yeah. But that that means also that I think there'll be a lot of new listeners to this podcast. So welcome, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Yeah, welcome Welcome. to the the, the best club there is in Singapore right now, which is the Yalabad community. Uh, What do we do here on Yalabad actually for this new podcast? uh, we we basically talk about two topics every podcast in the current, uh, in the local and sometimes international news. Uh, mm. And we always try to consider both sides, even if it means us saying something controversial. And mm. of course, on top of all that, we put a touch of what, Terrence? Uh, as mentioned, good old humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old humor. Good yeah, old humor. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, and I mean, we we will be sharing more excerpts and trailers from the show uh, we've mm. also started a subreddit thread, uh, like a mega AMA about this, the mm. whole liquidation process, what the status is of the show. The link is in the show notes. So if you have any questions at all, just put it down there. We will answer mm. it at some point, either on the podcast or on the AMA thread itself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I guess that was the plug already, right? Basically. And just watch the show. Watch the show. Watch the show. It's on our YouTube, on YouTube channel. YouTube, Ministry, yeah. Ministry of Funny YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. All, all eight. Uh, episodes are out and uh, just yeah just hope you enjoy it yeah but Sweet. yes uh, cool. what's the first big topic you know that, that we that we're gonna do that is a bit more contentious that's why we chose mm. it mm. the the first big topic uh, I mean it is the, the month of Ramadan now right uh, a few epi- podcasts ago we mm. talked about the Geylang uh, Sarai uh, Bazaar and, and the crazy rents that the stalls were paying but there's another bazaar that is in the news. It's the Ramadan Bazaar in Woodlands because over the past weekend, mm. 25th and 26th March, there was an issue of non-compliance uh, where there was a store mm. selling pork um, in, mm. in the midst of a Ramadan Bazaar. So Marceling, um, mm. the, the Facebook page uh, of Marceling Constituency Office, they discovered it um, and they engaged with the operator and they have taken steps to ensure that the store no longer sells pork. Um, and then they apologize for, for mm. the occurrence mm. and that they will do their utmost to provide as best a Ramadan experience as they can, which includes performances um, mm. and halal or Muslim-owned and non-halal stalls to cater to all residents. So, but but why, why, why was this topic so divisive, yeah. Terence? Isn't it pretty clear-cut? What is the Yalaba yeah. moment? Yeah, I mean, there are, from what I see on comments online, people are asking, uh, I mean, it is a, like a pasamalam, right? Uh, it's not a, necessarily a religious pasamalam per se. Mm. So if there is stuff that is non-halal that is being sold, 
in this uh, Pasar Malam that is meant to be uh, frequented or attended by everyone of every race or religion, mm. why why is there a need to you know limit what can be sold based on certain religious beliefs? Because isn't Singapore, regardless of race, language or religion, right? Mm. So if this is for the community, by the community and all, why why do we need to uh, have these restrictions? Mm. I mean, okay, so full disclosure, neither Terrence nor I are Muslim, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So we are speaking on, just as the as a layperson trying to make sense of the news. La. So mm-hmm. as a layperson, uh, my understanding is that Ramadan is a term that is very closely associated to to something that is religious. La. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right and the of course there's the fasting but the Islam as a religion it also means you can't eat pork right so if this mm-hmm. is a Ramadan festival uh, I mean I can sort of understand like why it's like it's like if you're doing a a wait a Deepavali okay just Deepavali is not so it's, shit, this is, say a Christmas market yeah. say a Christmas market right yeah Mm. Christmas, but what was the restriction? Christmas, you can eat anything. <laughs> I don't think you can do anything you want. You can do anything. You can eat anything you want. In fact, in fact, in fact, alcohol is encouraged, right? I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And everything. Exactly. So no, so I, like, I, was I just, guess you can't, you can't, you can't uh, listen to death metal music or whatever at a Christmas market, lah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that one is more like it's almost defamatory or 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 seditious to a certain extent. Like you have all those blasphemy, blasphemous content and all, right? I was just thinking, like mm. for a Deepa Valley fair, but I also know Deepa mm. Valley is not really tied to religion, mm. Uh I think so. This is where my my basic knowledge of uh, Hindu customs also. But I think if a Deepa Valley fair sold meat, hmm. Mm, Sold beef, la, you're saying. Ah, sold yeah, beef, so la, beef. Sold beef. Yeah, ah. correct. It would feel like, hey, really? You you have to? Like, why? Mm, mm. You feel it's uh, insensitive. La. I mean, so I know on, on online people were saying, why don't you just change the name of the fair from the Ramadan Bazaar to just a mm. Pasar Malam or the mm. Woodlands Bazaar. Mm. And then you can you can just sell whatever you want. La. Um. Mm. So so that's where like it was it was interesting about this because I know some people are like what you were saying also like pointing out that if it, it really is for all the people living there why can't they just sell pork because mm. pork also caters to a certain uh, demographic la. Yeah yeah right uh I think people are also asking oh if there are non halal stores there uh why is it that that then we would say the non halal store must adhere to not selling pork la. you know mm. um but, but I think there's some clarifications that I've been seeing where people are saying just because you're non-halal, um, it might just mean that you don't have the certificate, lah, right? But it doesn't mean that you you necessarily must sell something that uh your target community doesn't really eat, lah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, yeah. what do you so, mean? What do you mean by that? To, to because getting the halal certificate apparently uh is not it's not cheap, lah. It's mm. also quite expensive to get. Uh, the requirements of of you know having. Uh, Muslim staff and and attend training and things like that. They're not easy to get lah. So just because you are not halal certified, uh, doesn't mean that you and just because you are so called labeled non halal, uh, doesn't mean you need to go to the extreme of of selling pork lah, right? Which which Muslim people don't eat lah, right? Mm. Uh, they you don't have to cater to that the extreme only. It, it could just mean that you don't. You're not. You're not particularly certified halal, right? Um, because you do get but, a lot of places that are no pork, no lard, right? Yes, but they're not halal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. but they're not halal. And I know from the Muslim friends that I have, of course, you also get a range of how how to, how how much they adhere to, to certain beliefs. Um, mm. Just like I have Hindu friends who eat beef, I also have mm. Muslim friends who are not as strict. Yeah. Right, mm, but mm. generally, I think uh, at no pork, no lard places, you can have stuff like fish and all that. It's it's fine, like You can stuff even just just no pork, no lard is always like it's almost like the universal thing in Singapore, like, You know, the moment of pork, mm. right? It's yeah. is no go, la, Is no go. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, would right. it could it have been possible to segment off a part of the bazaar, like 
there's this like naughty corner where where <laughs> go there, there eat are the no pork, halal stores. You just go yeah. there, whack the pork when you cut. <laughs> it's like the smoking corner. You got a smoking box, and this one is the the pork the pork box. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Only if you sell pork, you have, you must be in that segment. Would it, uh, would, that, would that make make things uh more palatable at a Ramadan bazaar? You think? Um, I mean, like uh, I don't know, man, because I did see that uh, a Yahoo article did say that the other bazaar also nearby, mm. which was the Sembawang West Bazaar Ramadan, they mm. did have a halal and non-halal section uh, okay. that actually okay. sold pork. Um, mm. And this was a, a, a user who told Yahoo Southeast Asia la, on Tuesday, 28 mm. March. So that mm. was just yesterday. Um, that uh, uh, the organizers, ADEX International, said, yeah, it is divided into two stretches. One selling halal food and other non-halal. But even then, they didn't... Non-halal doesn't mean that it sells pork. Yeah, yeah uh, that's right. And to, to also point out that she claimed that uh, uh, meat skewers in the non-halal section were selling pork. Right? There's no verification of that. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so so even then, but but it just feels like, it's basically, okay, so for Hindus, right, the moment there's beef, right, mm. I think that one tough. La. Like, even at a wedding, right, mm. at a Hindu wedding, I don't think I've ever been to a Hindu wedding where they serve beef. Mm, mm. Certain Hindu weddings, non-Hindu non guests or anything. Like that. Yeah, certain Hindu weddings when you go there is all vegetarian food. It is a bit of a downer. Like you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but just another Tuesday, just another Tuesday. Just with another Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then the ones that are like maybe the more common types are you have the vegetarian section and you also have mm. the non-vegetarian section. But I've never mm. seen beef there. And I can be uh, sure I that if there's beef there, right? Wow, all the aunties will pull up their saris and all, and just come out from come out from blood, la, like vegetarian blood, la. Mm, But but I mean, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. But mm. uh, in Hindu belief, that there, there is an element of the, it's the animal is sacred, la, Right, the, the cow is sacred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why uh, it's frowned upon to to eat beef, la, Right. Yes, correct. Would it? Would it? Is it the same for Islam as well? Who? I don't think so, right? Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't think sure. the. Yeah, I don't think the pig is held in the, with the same reverence as a sacred animal uh, in Islam, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, there, so I mean, uh, would, would there be some differences there? You know, I only asking because, like, like for example, like the, like uh, me, me as a dog owner and all, right? Generally, I'm, I'm I try to be very. Uh, aware and sensitive to you know people who are uh, you know uh, don't want to touch the dogs for whatever reasons are religious or they're just scared of animals and all that mm. but uh, you know on the flip side at the same time I'm like uh, okay if my if I'm with my dog just in the vicinity of uh, another group of uh, another group of uh, say, say a group of Muslim people or anything like that the should I get out of there should I not even be in close by in the vicinity, or is it okay for me to just you know keep to my corner and and not not and not let the dog run around or anything like right? Mm. So so that's my thing. Like, is it insensitive for me to just sit nearby with my pet, knowing that uh yeah they they don't they're not allowed to to touch a dog like for example. Mm. Mm. So yeah. that's that's the question I have like 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 I think your your what you said about the Hindus and beef I I think it's quite clear. It's, it feels insensitive because. The it is it comes from a place of like they they treat the animal with a lot of respect like, right yeah but yeah. I'm not sure about about I the, mean, for, the for, for, pigs and all that yeah for pork um what I what I found is that it's it's apparently based on a a specific Quranic verse like, that that mm. points out that the flesh of swine is mm. forbidden because it can carry various diseases so mm. yeah so it's not mm. out of reverence like, from from okay. what I understand. Um, okay. But I was also thinking like, you know, the the thing about, because we have spoken about uh, dogs in the context of the um, uh, cafe where uh, it's it's a halal cafe, dogs. right? Yeah, yeah, the guide dogs, right? So yeah. I think it's one of those things that using the example of a, as a dog owner, would you or have you ever literally asked them, are you comfortable if I'm here with my dog? Uh yeah, especially yeah, yes, especially when entering uh, enclosed public spaces like lifts, mm. for example. Mm. If I see that you know, uh, or I think that's a there's a 
a Muslim uh, person in the lift as well. I will ask quite outright, right? Mm. In fact, I always try to ask quite outright, hey, are you comfortable with dogs? Because I don't say Muslim, any, it could be anybody, anybody mm. could be scared of a dog, right? And yeah. to be in an enclosed space of a dog, uh, yeah, there can be a, you know, there, there's this, you feel the, you feel the dog's breath and you hear the dog and you see the dog drooling on the floor that it can be a very, uh, unnerving experience for the person uh, who's not comfortable. Mm. Yeah. So in those, in those instances, I think it's an issue. So yeah, maybe in, in, in the case of a Ramadan bazaar, because it is a very, as much as it is open air, it's a very tight space, like, right? Mm. Uh, where everyone brushes each other, you you smell things in the air. You will smell you. You really feel the aura of, of everybody around you and and the stores, everything. So it can, as much as it's open air, it can feel like an enclosed space. And maybe that's why now, as I'm talking, I'm, I'm starting to see. Okay, maybe there is there is a bigger issue with uh, pork being served alongside, uh, you know, alongside all these uh, halal stores, like, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm. so, so, on that note, right, you know, you mentioned that if the dog is there, it's panting. I think one issue is also the fact that if the stall is selling pork, right, that mm. means it's also cooking pork there. Mm. Right? Mm, that's right. Um, and I would imagine if you cook anything, there will be things that are put into the air, right? Yeah. yeah. Little, little micro molecules of pork. <laughs> <laughs> as you inhale so, your, as you inhale it's like a, it's like a, what do you call it? Uh, like a shot to your, to your nose like that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I can see this only because I can imagine my mom or like mm. other aunties in my family, uh, if they know beef is being cooked, right? The first mm. thing they'll cover is their nose. Mm. It means because I think... Like when walking past Shake Shack, right, that kind of thing. No. Like you have to cover your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you see Shake Shack, so, <laughs> you cover your nose and run, is it? <laughs> No, no, no. What, then vegetarians how? Uh? Like you're just walking around the whole day. No, I can imagine because if you can smell certain, like, like you know, pork, uh, when you're cooking pork, there is a, it's almost you can there's tell a, that, oh, pork smell. is being cooked. There's a smell, yes. right? Yes, there's a smell. So, yes. I mean, I was also curious why, you know, you hear the thing about 90% of your taste is smell. Um, mm. At first I was like, oh, fuck. Are you breathing in all the food on the plate and all? No, but it's because when you chew, certain aromas are released into your nasal cavity. Mm. But that also means, I mean, I can imagine aromas, you got little bits of whatever you're eating floating up, right? Mm. So if you're mm. cooking pork nearby, technically, uh, it's different from like pork sandwiches, which is all packed. You know, people chew in their little corner and all. I think yeah. whenever there's yeah. meat, right, then it becomes tricky like, because uh, like my home... Like my my wife is Catholic, right? But even then, mm. uh, the she won't cook beef at home. Mm, mm, mm. Out, of, yeah. out of respect to you, lah. Yeah, yeah. Out of respect, or, or is it out of respect to you or your <laughs> insistence? Like, can we just fuck uh, you, lah? Okay, you know, don't try the shit. <laughs> I'm not an overbearing husband. Okay, I am not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know when you have to put out a defense like that, <laughs> yeah, and put it I on that not, public yeah. record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening, I'm not an overbearing husband. Okay. I did uh, not it, have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, yeah. But yes. <laughs> no, but it oh, is shout out to Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is out of uh respect, like, which I appreciate. Uh but at the at the same time, let's say when I'm vegetarian with you, right? I don't think I've ever asked you, hey Terrence, mm. can you not eat meat in front of me? You know, when you chew, right, all the aromas coming out of your mouth, I'm inhaling it. No, right. I haven't Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You've been generally a bit more passive aggressive about it. La. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, generally you're like, uh oh, you know, it's Tuesday, it's vegetarian, so hey, I really want to sit down and talk there, you know, let's have like a good time, all sit down and talk together, let's go go and eat a vegetarian restaurant. <laughs> hey, not bad, right? The vegetarian food here is quite good, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, hey, yeah, it's good. Please, <laughs> la, I don't think we've ever gone to a fully vegetarian restaurant. Don't give me this nonsense. Yes, but also, we have, we have, yeah. But, but even then, I don't think I'm as militant as, uh, no, uh, yeah. as other people. La. So I can, I think it's because yeah, when you're cooking and all, it's just it's just a different different thing, mm-hmm. But but then the bigger question is like even for, I would imagine it's general knowledge that Ramadan is tied to Islam, uh, and I yeah. would assume that most people know that in for Islam, pork is really forbidden, You know. Mm-hmm. That's right. So then it comes to the question is like, oh, the organizers like 
what was the process of even organizing these stalls? Because I can imagine there are processes in place. Um, can mm. we expect them to look at every menu item on the stalls? I also don't think so. Because like, the pictures, I mean, it looks like quite a big bazaar, like, right? But mm, mm. it just feels like where where was the, the kink in the process here that allowed this mm. to happen? Because I still feel that they should there shouldn't be a stall selling pork at a Ramadan bazaar. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, as we talk through it, I, I'm starting to see that it, it is it's not so easily to define a halal space and non-halal space at a bazaar as well. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, to your point, I mean, we've spoken about this in a, as a topic, right? The uh, basically, it's, it feels like a very free for all in terms of the rentals, right? Yeah, like uh, that. That basically, whoever's organizing these bazaars has been able to charge uh, really, really high rentals for these things. And I wouldn't be surprised if you know, uh, just speculating, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, it just really goes to the highest bidder, la. And mm. and is there a re- very close examination of what is on their every on their menu? I don't necessarily think so, like, because you know there's so many other things that you need to to set in place before you uh you sign off on, on some on on this person joining your bazaar, right? Mm. So I don't yeah, like like what you think. I I don't think that there's a uh, a chance to really examine everything on the menu and, and to say okay, you can't do this. Probably if it's very blatantly like you're selling suckling pig or something, then <laughs> then they probably have to stop you there, lah, right? But if it's like one or two items on the menu, maybe it just slips through the cracks. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, the 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 Facebook page themselves, the Muscling uh, constituency, uh, mm-hmm. they did acknowledge someone who pointed out that the managing non-compliance is hard. Lah, you know, there mm. are challenges. Um, yeah, they do allow non-halal stalls there. You know, so mm. as a non-halal stall, you can end up there. But if you mm. just happen to sell one pork product, then whose responsibility is it? Lah, you know? Mm, mm, correct, yeah. correct. Oh, this this I'm curious. Like, I'm yeah. curious, like exactly what the products were. So, did it, it, it didn't say right specifically? Yeah, I, I haven't found anything that said that specifically. Yeah, uh, because if, like like what you said, if it's just the uh, let's say it's like uh noodles, some kind of noodles or something, but they use pork lard in the noodles to give make it more flavorful. Uh, is is, is that the same issue? It's not. It, it should be a different issue from like selling like uh you know uh, pulled pork or anything like that directly like, right mm. true true but then I, 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 I don't know i would imagine that the item it is visibly pork uh, mm. because unlike the sambawangan where it was just uh like thinking or assuming it's pork this one yeah so so you can imagine it is pork products like. so then mm. it, yeah like, like what you say it feels like this whole area of Singapore, suddenly in the news, there's so much news about bazaars. Uh. Um, <laughs> there was another news topic about a pony ride, right? Yes, yes. About uh, I think uh, animal activists are, are saying that ponies shouldn't be used as entertainment at these bazaars, right? And uh, so it's yes. uh, suddenly, suddenly bazaars have become like the hot the hot topic in town. Yeah. Right? Everyone's debating about something in the bazaar. Yeah. Last time I thought bazaars, you come down from the MRT, you get one otak, maybe one sausage, you go home. Now, wallahi, you must navigate like inflation, mm. you know, some some pork and a random pony here and there. Cultural oh, wars. Wow. Uh, it's like these bazaars have become the microcosm of all the problems we're facing in society already, yeah. Inflation, uh, you know, <laughs> the the pol- polarization, polarization of society, animal rights, everything, religion, everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's like really a, a what's that petri dish? Uh, petri dish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. To see what happens. Uh. But then, yeah. so if they call it a bazaar, just a pasar malam, mm. would that would that work for you? And uh, then they carry on selling pork. Yeah, I was thinking of that, but then. It's it's what in in what spirit is this Pasamalam set up, like, right? Like when you go to the Chinese New Year, uh then Chinatown, the the fair and everything, I mean all the, the street stores, it's specifically for Chinese to celebrate Chinese New Year, like, right? There's mm. no other time in the year where there's this where all these stores decked out in red and everyone's eating all these snacks and celebrating. So to to try and mask it like oh it's meant to be it's not meant to be a Chinese New Year thing, you know. It would be kind of uh, in- disingenuous, uh, to say the least, uh, mm. just to be politically correct or something. So I'd rather they just, yeah, they just stick to what, what it's called like as a Ramadan bazaar. Uh. But what do you think? Uh? Do you think it should be changed just to 
from downgraded from just to just a regular pasamalam. I mean, my initial thought like, hey, actually that would solve it. But like, I think what you said is true. Like, you look at the pictures and I can imagine even the stalls there, if they knew they, knew they were going to be at a Ramadan bazaar, mm-hmm. you can imagine like even their banners or something, it might be a little more festive, la, right? Yeah. And then if you just change it to a pasamalam, then then you, then it, yeah, it just feels like neither here nor there. So I guess it seems like they took the right step to get, uh, to tell that vendor to stop as opposed to change it, changing the entire name. Because even the mm. banners and posters they put up will need to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah entirely. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, uh, I mean, I was surprised by how many, how many outlets covered this. So, mm. feels like, yeah, this, this month, probably this is not going to be the last uh, bazaar related uh, article. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's going to be more. Uh. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's a bizarre world we live in, uh, and the bazaar is uh is the key focal point of all our cultural our cultural uh debates, uh. Yeah. Maybe maybe I will go to Gelang Sarai. Get a feel. Yeah, get a feel. Uh, get a feel. It's I, not I'm too far from my people, house also. Yeah, people are even debating about like the the cost of Ramli burgers at all these mm. bazaars, uh, compared to what mm. they were before. So mm. I'm actually curious to go there and, and get a sense of like yeah, how much prices have really increased also. Mm-hmm. yeah so maybe yeah, maybe I think you still got about two more weeks yeah 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 but two yeah more so, weeks you know speaking of like trying to isolate certain areas from uh from unwelcome influences like right mm. uh, it's not just happening in our Gelang Sarai Bazaar or bazaars in Singapore it's happening mm. in across the other side of the world as well like, right yeah. What, but what is this specific instance? <laughs> it is uh, the fact that Amsterdam, this past Tuesday on March 28, they have launched a campaign to discourage tourists planning drug and alcohol parties. Yeah. And their first demographic is going to be young British men uh, from the age of <laughs> 18 to 35. So, so what apparently will happen, uh, I mean, the campaign is called Stay Away. And if, um, if you happen to search for certain getaways in Amsterdam, you will receive hmm. a warning. It means uh, like Google, will, Google ad in Google, on Google search, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. discouragement campaign. Yeah. So, it might be expanded to potential nuisance-causing visitors from the Netherlands and other EU countries. Yeah. So, so if you search Stag Party Amsterdam or Pub Crawl Amsterdam, you'll be shown warning advertisements. Yeah. yeah. So, Terence, what do you think of this? Uh? What would cross your mind if, like, let's say you're really planning a stack party in Amsterdam, you Google it and you see this ad saying, Terence, hi there. Um, the, uh, please be aware that any stack party you organize should not entail any alcohol or drugs. Uh, perhaps you could consider having a cup of tea or a brownie that has no cannabis yeah, in it. Yeah. I, I think... What would you say? I, I would be even more excited to go. Yeah. <laughs> This I will round up fun. 10 more friends than what I originally intended and hey, this this is going to yeah. be the most epic night ever. Yeah. Not only are we going to drink, go do drugs, but we're going to break some yeah, yeah, and potentially get criminal records and everything. But but the funny thing was like, yeah, I I saw they even did a, a video about it. A very, uh, the city of Amsterdam literally did a video where they showed like a clip of uh, uh, people being arrested you know, and, and, you know, being hauled away from the, from the, the red light district. Lah. And then with text, you know, and finally ending with stay away, you know, if not, you, you will get a criminal record. You'll be fined, I think 140 euros or something like that. And, and, mm. uh, all these warnings. Lah. So it looks like just a very badly produced, uh, crime watch, crime watch snippet, lah, you know? So I was just like, my goodness is they, it might have a bit of that whole Streisand effect thing like you don't want people to come but now that you're you doing this and putting this campaign out there I think people will be more interested to go and, and like they really test them push the boundaries of what they can do yeah but then but then if you think mm-hmm. about it right because apparently in Amsterdam there is a, a growing initiative to boost uh, their tourist mm-hmm. image tourism mm-hmm. image to reduce rowdy behaviour mm-hmm and improve livability and safety. Yeah. Uh, and apparently officials have also announced, you know, new policies to limit tourism growth and nuisance, mm. Mm. combat overcrowding. Um, and I can imagine these measures, these initiatives, 
Um, they are, yeah, they are going to be limiting number of cruisers, uh, earlier closing times for bars, mm. car clubs and windows brothels. So, we, I don't really know what sort of um, advertisements of discouragement will be shown to searchers of mm. those terms. But maybe it is just notices that, okay, the clubs will, will close early la, and certain parts of the city you can't smoke cannabis mm. anymore. I think in the, specifically and the, it's, the it's red bit, light district, yeah. I think you can't walk around the streets and, and smoke mm. cannabis anymore. And there, I think there are some discussions about potentially moving everyone in the red light district to something called an erotic center where oh yeah <laughs> where all the erotic activity is centered in one location uh, because they say that that could help reduce uh you know street crime uh, reduce the influence of uh gangs and everything in the in the red light district uh. yeah i mean it's one of those things that uh, rather than ban it you yeah, regulate yeah, yeah, it yeah. right um, it would be like 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 Funan is in Singapore. You know, yes. Funan used to be for yeah, IT yeah, products. Yeah. Then when you go, hey, hey, bro, I meet you at the yeah. erotic. But I think center. I, was, I thought it would be more like speakers' yeah. corner, lah, right? You know where where like, they want to people want to go and protest and everything. Oh, can can you come? You come to speakers' corner. We give you the place to do it, but you gotta apply for a police permit first, lah, and things like that, lah. No, but but that's the thing, right? I think uh, that's that industry. It's not as criminal mm. in Amsterdam as it is in yeah. other countries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And I mean, the the more we talk about it, the more I can actually I can I can see why they're doing mm. this, lah. And I don't know how they could have done it better because growing up, right, every time I hear people going yeah. Amsterdam, there's only certain images that come what, into my mind. Windmills and and Dutch ladies and <laughs> and cheese, yeah, windmills and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Gouda, some Gouda cheese. No, it is like smoking up, getting hammered, yeah. um, and just. Just letting go and mm. going wild. So can you imagine if that is what, if you're living there, that's what people come to to Amsterdam mm. thinking. Because you know, like, even now in Singapore, when tourists come to Singapore and, I don't know, there are certain behaviours where it feels like they can do whatever they want. That annoys mm. me. Right? Mm. That's uh, true. Uh, and that might just be me being an, uh, a douche. But I think... I can't, I can't imagine that. I've never been to mm. Amsterdam. I've heard stories from friends who have been to yeah. Amsterdam and it just feels like all hell breaks mm. loose. Mm. But some people are saying that, isn't it, um, isn't it kind of hypocritical in the sense that you know that mm. the tourists, a lot of tourists are coming here because of how liberal the, you know, the country and the city is with drugs and, and uh, sex, sex workers and everything, right? So you want mm. these people to come, but you rather than let them do what they want to do, you want you want them to be going to cafes, hanging out at museums, uh, you know, exploring other kinds of cultural uh, culture and stuff, la. So isn't that it's kind of hypocritical, la. You want the tourists, but you don't want the the tourists that come because of because of your reputation and all that, right? But but that's the thing, right? It feels like they actually want to change the image of Amsterdam mm, mm, mm. to be not as sleazy as it used to be. So maybe it is it is a pro and con, line, you know? We will have to put out this mm. campaign which might cause a spike in short-term yeah. tourists who want to come and like, let's fuck yeah. this shit up. But, but yeah, it's part of the broader plan to turn Amsterdam yeah, into I don't disagree with a plan. something more yeah, wholesome. I don't disagree with a plan, but it seems like this campaign uh. seems to place the blame on the tourists coming like stay away like you know like like they <laughs> almost like they're, they're like locusts like that like you know where they can't control can't, can't control these tourists coming in and all that whereas like it's like you're just a tourist you just want to have a good time you just want to visit your friends maybe you'll go to a museum during the day but at night you will you will just let go like you know so so it just it just seems very uh like like you're speaking all, yeah, all high and mighty. Like, stay away from our country if you're not here to engage in our culture. You know, outside of the red light district. Mm. That's why I think is is rubbing people the wrong way as well, la. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Because if you're like, if you're like a twenty five year old Brit male <laughs> who has never drunk or smoked yeah. in their life, who really wants to go visit <laughs> this one library in Amsterdam, right? And then you're bad. You come, people will be like, you fucking stay away. <laughs> yeah. Understand? You stay yeah. away. <laughs> Yeah, you could be yeah, you could be the most quiet quiet person in the world. Then the more just because you're you British and a certain age group, suddenly there's this ad fed to you. Stay away. Isn't it stay like away. yeah, it so feels very unfriendly, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, maybe the stack party you're planning is really to go on a cheese tour, yeah. you know, and visit the exactly. windmills. Exactly. But then, but then, okay, so like Singapore probably has done similar campaigns in the past also. Um, right? I guess like uh, the, that, the, the, the big thing I can think of is our drug warnings, right? Like every time before you land on a, on a, mm. you take a flight out and then you come back to Singapore. On the way in, there's all these announcements that, you know, Singapore takes its drug trafficking laws very seriously and you will face penalties of even up to death and everything. So, that's a very big deterrent already, right? And we're very well known for our drug policy and all, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess I guess maybe the way they do this, because I don't know whether it was a press release that was announced or something, but a lot of articles are covering mm. it. And... You can you can still technically show the the warnings generally to anyone who is um okay like you wouldn't want anyone searching Amsterdam to see like warnings like please don't do drugs <laughs> because in in Singapore you know when you hear that on the plane it's like it's a bit of like I know that's yeah. the goal to unsettle yeah, people yeah. but it is a bit of a downer chilling, right? chilling effect like, right <laughs> it's very chilling you're like oh my god I'm coming to Singapore wait what uh okay Ken. Uh, okay, just a reminder that don't don't fuck up with drugs because you might get killed, you might get mm. hung. La. So for this one, they can't do anyone searching uh, flights to Amsterdam to be with this whole uh, naggy list of things not yeah. to do. But has Singapore ever put down some sort of restrictions that curbs the general tourists? No, right? I think drugs are very yeah. strict. Yeah. But I think it's always the case that, that you, we want to be inviting yeah, the tourists. Yeah, we always invite la. tourists. But I think we have a lot of uh, marketing on the ground to remind people not to misbehave. La. Remember the Singapore Police Force got all this don't molest, don't molest, don't do not do it, you know, like uh, kind of posters around showing a guy about to touch some girl's butt and then there's a handcuff around his hand. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of uh, yeah. trying to shape people's behavior after they've entered Singapore. La. But not before they come to Singapore that we, oh, we don't want people like you here, you know, and then and then after that, uh, we just tell them, please don't come. Which is kind of, Can you yeah, imagine? it's kind of strange. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine if you Google, where to eat Mipok in Singapore? <laughs> then a big ad, don't molest, don't molest. people. <laughs> don't molest. Yeah, you eat your Mipok, you fuck off. Uh, yeah. don't, don't molest, okay? Yeah. It's a don't molest. Don't molest. Uh, what, what other like, like um, kind of social behavior modifying campaigns do we do? There's the the shop theft shop la, you know theft, the yeah. don't don't yeah, steal don't steal correct correct yeah shop theft don't litter don't litter don't, litter, don't spit mm, don't spit uh don't bring durian into MRTs mm, mm. there are then there are signs uh, reminding people to be to observe quiet hours or so like right mm, 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 things like that uh, yeah so so I mean this one they are gonna target geo ge- uh, geographically la. like in Singapore you search those terms I don't think you will. <laughs> see it but I mean like I okay so just extrapolating from what you've heard about uh, English football fans mm-hmm. right um, who like I've heard they can be super mm-hmm. rowdy la, right mm-hmm. I don't know whether in Singapore we have seen the extent to how rowdy foreigners uh, foreign tourists can mm-hmm. get but maybe this one really is next level la. I don't know what the history is in terms of offenses that people have committed mm. when in Amsterdam for one of these tech trips. But, I don't know, looking at pictures of some of my friends who go to Bali for a tech trip and the state they leave the Airbnb in, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck did you all do yeah, there? Yeah. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, like, like it's specifically rather than, you know, discourage people from having stack parties in Amsterdam. They need to offer alternatives though. Like what you say, maybe they, there needs to be more like wine tasting or cheese tasting kind of like uh sessions uh, that they organize that 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 people on stack parties can go to together, you know, as a group of friends and everything. That they don't feel like it's a mm. very it's a very watered down experience. So so to me it's like you offer some rather mm. than, than tell people not to do the bad thing, you gotta offer some positive things as an alternative la, for them to do. Uh, that's a very that's a, like a one on one of uh of parenting these days, like You know, don't tell the kid, don't, no, you cannot do this. But you offer them alternative. Uh, yes, but let's try this, you know, or let's try this on this other thing instead, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Or maybe it's a brilliant marketing tactic <laughs> to get more people to maybe come. Maybe they want more tourists to come. <laughs> uh, it's, they, they just and make they it so cheesy. And they understand humans like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that we like, will talk about it. We're saying don't. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, don't come yeah. here and go crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be naughty. Yeah, only cost, the cost <laughs> of you being naughty is only 140 euros, nothing more, you know. Yeah, yeah not a big you, know, deal. you don't want to lose 140 euros. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Because, yeah, I mean, even on Reddit, people are sharing uh, comments about, yeah, like you get some people from Amsterdam saying that it is a problem. Some people say that, like what you said, like, you know, Amsterdam for a long, for a long time has profited from it being like mm. this, this, this city where people go to let loose. Yeah. But it's just, I'm just surprised that Amsterdam announced a campaign like this. Yeah. This feels like it could come from Singapore. Yeah. So Singapore is like passion, passion right. made possible, uh, passion made possible. Yeah, passion, yeah. Passion but then you add possible. on, but stay away from Geelang, you know. <laughs> <laughs> stay away. Yeah. Stay away. Funny. Oh man. Funny, yeah. 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 Well, that's a yeah, state so, of affairs in Amsterdam right now. It does make me want to go to Amsterdam more. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I do. In fact, to me nowadays, there's a, I realize like, especially with COVID and all that, like, you realize like, a lot of things that you think, oh, one day I'll go and visit this place and all that and do this and that. It, it, it could be, you know, it could be, it might not be there the next time you plan to go already, you know? So, so mm. for all you know, like this mm. red light district in Amsterdam, it could really move to erotic center next time already. Lah. And then what you get is, is closer. It's a very, very watered down experience of whatever it is now, lah, you know? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not advocating yeah, people yeah, going true. to red light districts. I'm just saying, even just walking around and just, understanding the atmosphere of the place like you might not be able to, to feel it next time like, yeah so even my mom has gone <laughs> for a tour of the red light district in Amsterdam <laughs> yeah 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 even my mom with her siblings all in their 60s walking around <laughs> <laughs> those are the people then they, then they got a sign like, stay away stay away mums stay, stay away grandmums yeah. stay away yeah, Funny. but I mean yeah like, like it is something that I would like to also just see because Amsterdam the fact that you know, there's debates uh, in government about an erotic center. Mm. Wallah, eh. It just feels like it's an interesting country, like interesting yeah, city. Yeah, it is. Interesting city, not country. Yeah, yeah. But anyone with uh, experience, yeah, but, anyone with experience of being in Amsterdam and, and experiencing the red light district for what it is, yeah, do let us know. Tell us, let us know what you think about all these new measures and whether, whether it's really a problem that needs to be tackled in such a strange way. La. Yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah. Sweet. Uh, but cool. speaking of, uh, yeah, you know, letting uh, <clears throat> us know your experience. I mean, I think the last couple of days, we've been getting a lot of, a lot of good feedback about uh, everything that we've been talking about with She's a Terrorist and I Love Her. So what is your mm. one-shot comment the last couple of days? Um, I mean, the one-shot comment, maybe this is just uh, collectively for even people who uh, I mean, on Yalabad, there have been a lot of encouraging messages that read it, but uh, in our DMs, in our personal messages, and even on the posts of Rice Media and all, we generally see quite a lot of people saying, oh, you know, is there a GoFundMe page or uh, can we support in any way? Which really means a lot to us. I mean, thankfully, we we have moved on, mm. you know, uh, we have wonderful things like this podcast, but just... But just seeing that sort of response uh, really means a lot because it makes us feel like, okay, sharing this story was worth it. Lah, because it wasn't a clear-cut decision for Terrence and I to actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just very heartened by the responses so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same for me. Yeah. I think uh, getting a lot of responses. Um, and then even like one of the comments from our last podcast was uh, was from you know a, a listener, Rai Kotala, saying, Thank you so much for sharing and I'm quite shocked and angry about the amount owed to you guys. Uh, and it's really not fair having to take a personal loan to the end being paid in sight. And, you know, Rai Kota goes on to say, you guys really strong, are really strong and, you know, it's it's amazing. It's great that you managed to stay around and create even more things and Yalabad is one of my favorite things. I could never do the same. So as Harish always mm. says, kudos, man. But yeah, so, you know, I, I think uh, if you're listening to this, uh, we we always have emphasized to people that one of the 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 positives out of everything that happened in twenty twenty and COVID and all was like this podcast, like this podcast and this community that we've managed to build and and 
and really r- rally around us in, in you know in, when when these kind of things happen and and you know i think uh i i've i've spoken about it before like even in the 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 darkest times of my life as well i've i've felt like hey you no know, there's something good about you know just talking about things talking you know to to you guys as a community and the community you guys also reaching out in private dms to to offer support and things like that as well it's just been pretty amazing uh. so mm-hmm. so that's that's what i would really shout out to all the yellow butt listeners as as a, my one short comment uh. yeah yeah and i mean like just, like we like i mentioned we also will we do have that subreddit just like a mega ama mm-hmm. um if there's anything you want to ask about or know about please just fire away because one big thing for us about sharing the story is also that uh yeah just just getting it out there to let whoever uh in positions of power or decision making hot seats to know that you do this kind of stuff there will be impact mm. and people like i hope it also makes people who are going through similar shit or have gone through shit to know that with the internet right anyone can can really have a voice and that sense of hopelessness that you might feel uh yeah there there's there, there, there might be a way to just get it out there you know it's it's cathartic but it also lets other people know of things to look mm. out for when you're doing similar stuff yeah 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 so so uh thanks for all the comments so mm. far mm. cool okay then now now one for the for the one shock thing of yes. the week of the past few days uh yeah, yeah. for me um I think my one shook thing is actually kind of related to a hot topic in the last few days, lah. Right? Uh, it's it's just reading people's um responses about responses to the TikTok CEO's uh testimony in front of Congress. Uh, seeing how people are writing about it on LinkedIn, uh, and I'm sure if you went on your LinkedIn and you just searched for TikTok CEO, that you probably see a lot of these. You see a lot of articles or blog posts from thought leaders on LinkedIn. Uh, the, the, and, and the amazing thing is that I'm seeing them comparing, uh, the TikTok CEO to Nelson Mandela. I'm seeing them comparing, comparing him to, to Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, very proud that this Singaporean has stood up into the face of, of oppression and, 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 you know, uh, the the idiocy of of the U.S. Congress, lah, right? And uh, I'm just laughing because there's at the same time, you know, there are people posting these things. Then there are also people in the comments, basically shooting them down and saying like, "Oh my God, did you just compare the TikTok CEO who who earns <laughs> who, who has bought a GCB worth eighty six million in Singapore and is paid handsomely to do his job? Have you just compared him to like Nelson Mandela and then just because?" Just because of uh one experience of watching him on on the on screen, so it just really yeah fuck you know I I thought the last time we talked about it that was like okay that's where it would die but but I I don't know you probably been seeing it like, a lot of posts a lot of people have been lionizing him as like this amazing uh leader who stood up to oppression and everything, um, I mean it's just been fascinating to watch and and funny also to 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 read when people uh you know are trying to be thought leaders and, and doing such, posting such strange things. Like, yeah. It's just funny. Like, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people like get smitten over him and all that. Like, which, that's, okay, that's fine. Okay. I think that's but okay. But to yeah. compare, yeah, because the other day also, I heard someone say that they feel sorry for him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Okay. Why, why, why you feel sorry uh, yeah. for, for him? You know, like, I mean, as the CEO of, a, of a, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, that's, it's not an enviable position to be grilled like that, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. no feeling sorry for him. Yeah, no feeling sorry. No feeling sorry. No feeling for sorry, him. and no need to lionize yeah. him like he's freaking Nelson Mandela's equal or anything like that, la. I mean, I was, I yeah. just been so. I, so that's your shock it's thing. It's my shock it? thing because I, <laughs> it, it, I really can't believe that people are, are talking like this on LinkedIn, and and you know. Maybe maybe the closer thing is just to talk in general about LinkedIn culture, lah, right? How people, thought leaders, are you know constantly putting their thoughts out without really filtering what and thinking critically for themselves, lah, about whether what they're posting is true or not, lah. So maybe that maybe that's mm. a, 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 the shock thing in itself, lah. The LinkedIn lunatics, lah. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. Oh my God. Like, I'm just looking. There's one post 18 hours ago of someone who met up with her two friends and is a new word mm. of the day. It's show. And they said our catch up was show good. Oh my And she God. said, yeah, the three of them have a tiny professional crush on show <sighs> Uh Talking and giggling like high school girls over him. And the endless flood of videos. Oh my yeah. God. His charisma, his EQ and communication skills are show good. What? Yeah, it's, it's a bit wow. strange really. really. Wow, mm. interesting. But yes, what is your one show? Uh, okay, so... My one shook thing is a podcast I listened. Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's called How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed Sam Altman, who's one of the co-founders of OpenAI. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was interesting because he is kind of like Mark Zuckerberg in the way he talks, but feels like he has a lot more, or he displays a lot more empathy and emotion. Mm-hmm. La. But generally, his journey was he had his own startup 2009. 2012, he noticed that, okay, there's something happening in AI. 2015, he started um, OpenAI to 2014 or 2015. And uh, this was recorded, I think, last year before ChatGPT blew up into the mainstream. Mm. But certain things he said, which were nice, but also quite chilling in a way. Uh, One example I remember he said was that when they thought about, okay, if AI reaches the level they predict, the first jobs that would go would be the menial jobs, followed by the blue-collar jobs, and then this, and the last would be creatives. And he said, now they've seen the reverse, which no one expected. Like the jobs that are being threatened the most um, are, are like yeah. the creative jobs. Like, and he said that's that's an example of how you can plan for everything, but the way it turns out mm. is uh, yes. it's totally different. Like. And then the last part, mm. guy asked him that yep. uh, there's yep. this person, Robert Oppenheimer, yep. who I think worked on the Manhattan Project, which which developed, you know, the first mm. nuclear war, uh, yeah. nuclear bomb, who apparently later in his life said that um, he regrets being part of that project like, or, or something along those lines. And Guy asked Sam Altman, you know, can you promise me that AI won't go down that path? And what Sam Altman said was quite interesting. Like, he said he has Robert, Robert Oppenheimer's book on his table every day. He looks at it um, and he said, you know what, I can't promise you that mm. it will go all good, but I promise you I'll do my best to prevent it. Like. So mm. listening to the mm. podcast, he's obviously a genius. But it's inspiring, it's optimistic, but also chilling to a certain extent. La. Yeah, so listening to it, you're like, oh my God. Uh, because, I mean, he did say that, you know, this is going to be bigger than even the internet revolution, the digital revolution, the industrial revolution, or this is going to be yeah. the equivalent of our generation. La. So it was interesting, man, but 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 chilling also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More AI. More AI discussions. More yeah. AI discussions. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, man. That's that's all we have today. How, how long is the whole podcast? Like how long is One hour, podcast? 20 minutes, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, so Robert Oppenheimer did work on the Manhattan Project. Um, yeah. There's a... Christopher Nolan's doing a movie about Oppenheimer. What is it? Uh, it's coming out. Yeah. It's about the life and story of uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that, cool. that's all for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, thanks. And do check out She's a Terrorist on our YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah.